This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, welcome back for episode 30 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I am your host of this here Debbie Dynasty Vessel, Ray Garvin. You know where to find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. And wow, (laughs) wow, wow, wow. Week 11, college football. This is why we love this game. It was fantastic. Fantastic, And I'm not just talking about the game of the year, Alabama versus LSU. I mean, just college in general. You had Penn State, Minnesota. USC, Arizona State was a good game. Of course, you had Alabama, LSU. Even the late game, I was up watching Wyoming versus Boise State, and they've got a wide receiver out there at Boise that looks pretty doggone good. But I mean, everything, Iowa State, Oklahoma, it was just a fantastic week of college football in an even better week for those of us in Debbie leagues. And if you're in a traditional dynasty league and you're getting ready for 2020, you should be even more excited after this week of college football than you were before this week started because it just, there are so many talented prospects in college football. The NFL is in a very good place from a talent standpoint. And then even today, so I record on Sunday nights, Looking across the NFL landscape, Lamar Jackson, how good did he look yesterday when you guys listen to this? You know, Derrick Henry, 188 rushing yards, and I've yet to see this big boy get caught from behind. Devontae Adams was back. Christian McCaffrey doing his thing. Aaron Jones, another three touchdowns. Tyreek and Pat Mahomes. I mean, the game is in a good place, and it's only going to get better because some of these guys that are coming out next year – And in 2021 and in 2022, they have the talent, they have the the athleticism, they have the size, the speed, the whole nine to make impacts at the next level. And I'm just going to let you know, this show, majority of this show is going to be dedicated to Alabama LSU. 
Alabama. I said Alabama, LSU, Alabama, LSU. I mean, I've already wa- I watched the game, of course, nationally when it was aired, and then I rewatched it Saturday night. I just I, I had to rewatch a condensed version of the game to start start breaking down some things that I want to do with some of those prospects. And I'm telling you, looking back through it, I, I walk away even more impressed with some of the prospects in that game. But before we get to that, let's just talk about some of the standout performances in week 11 that may not get, you know, enough attention a little bit later on. Let's just talk about the running back position and quietly, Jonathan Taylor running back out of Wisconsin, 250 yards. I mean, Good grief, 250, and the crazy thing was he didn't have any touchdowns. Average 8.1 yards a carry with 31 attempts, 250. JT still looking like a stud. He's uh, currently third in the uh, nationally in rushing with 1,259 yards. Doesn't look like he's going to hit that 2,000-yard threshold, but what he's done from an improvement, uh, pass-catching standpoint, the improvement in that area, I mean, he's a lock. He's a, he's, a, he's a bona fide home run top five dynasty pick next year. Looks fantastic, and so is Travis Etienne. And I've got to just say that I've done a lot of, you know, I don't even want to say bashing of Travis Etienne because I've never bashed him. I've moved him down my rankings a little bit, but he looks outstanding. I mean, his home run ability, when he runs, it looks powerful. Like his speed is like powerful when you just watch him run. His legs are digging into the ground. I mean, he went off again. He's fourth in the nation in rushing with 1,214 yards. Clemson just absolutely demolished NC State. I think it was 28-0 in the first quarter, and I was done at that point in time. Antonio Gandy-Golden sits atop the wide receiver leaderboard with 1,244 receiving yards. James Prochet, and I've talked about him a couple of episodes ago. Sleeper pick, man. James Prochet, six foot, 195 pounds out of SMU. You know, Trey Quinn, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Cole Beasley. SMU's put out some quality wide receivers at the next level, and Prochet is just a target magnet. He had 14 receptions in this game for 167 yards and two TDs. Looked outstanding. Somebody that you'll probably be able to get third, fourth, and maybe even off of your waiver wire during Dynasty Rookie Drafts next year. So write the name James Prochet down. He he looks like he could be something at the next level. From the quarterback position, Keaton Slovis out of USC, the true freshman, I think we've got somebody on our hands here for a 2022 prospect. Slovis has uh, that innate ability to move around the pocket. He's got a good feel for for the position. Had 432 passing yards, four TDs, and one interception versus Arizona State. Had a nice pass to um, Amon Ross St. Brown, who I'll talk about in a second. Michael Pittman did his thing, as did Keenan Christian, running back, true freshman. USC has got a lot of talented uh, pieces here in the near future. Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback, who I had ranked very high coming into the season, hadn't produced as much this year, and there are reports out there that he's actually looking to do a grad transfer, and who knows, Oklahoma, Florida State, Alabama, one of these big-name schools, uh, maybe LSU can can prod Jordan Love down there, but he had 388, two TDs, and no interceptions in a win versus Fresno State, so it was good to see Jordan Love dealing and doing what I know he can do when he's got the time and quality weapons around him. Iowa State sophomore Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is the third-ranked quarterback for me in the 2021 class, right behind Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. His fourth-quarter performance versus Oklahoma, they didn't win the game. But what he did in that fourth quarter, I mean, it's everything that you want to see out of a quarterback. Just a gutty, 
Gritty performance, 19 for 30. He had five touchdowns in the game, 55 rushing yards and another on the ground. Brock Purdy can make plays with his legs. He can deliver the ball. with. I mean, there was a throw that he made on the sideline where I, I tweeted out and I said, wow, that was just an absolute dime. Brock Purdy, quarterback, Iowa State, 2021 eligible, QB3 for me right now in the class. Talked about Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne. Rakeem Boyd is a sleeper running back that you guys need to know about. Out of Arkansas, eight carries, 185, averaged 23.1 yards a carry last Saturday and two TDs. He was featured on Last Chance U a couple of years ago. Talented kid, was at Texas A&M, went to a JUCO, ended up at Arkansas, and he's just been quietly performing out there. So Rakeem Boyd, another one of those guys, might not get drafted, but I definitely believe that he's got an opportunity to to make plays at the next level if given a chance, and I think he will get a chance. So remember the name, Rakeem Boyd. A.J. Dillon had 165 this weekend on 40 carries. 40, all right? I, I, I will never knock or bash a college prospect on this show. That's just not what I'm going to do. There are some players that I like more than others, some that I don't particularly care for at all, and A.J. Dillon is one of them. I just don't want anything to do with his archetype at running back. 40 carries, 165. I mean, I think he had a 200-yard day last week. He's one of the top rushers in the nation, so I'm not going to take anything from him, but there are some people who are good college backs and they do not translate well. I just believe that A.J. Dillon is one of those prospects that just will not translate at the next level. Michigan State redshirt freshman Elijah Collins had himself a day versus Illinois, 170 rushing yards, two TDs, another one of those cats in 2021. We talk about the running back class not looking too good, but Elijah Collins is a very tantalizing prospect that I'm I'm excited to watch his growth and maturation next year. Name, I'm writing down somebody that I'm targeting, as well as Iowa State's true freshman, Brees Hall. Now, let's talk about Brees Hall real quick. Coming into the season, Trey Sanders, John Emery Jr., Jerry and Ely, Zach Charbonnet, those are the names that we were talking about. Brees Hall, right now, based off of what I've seen from these true freshman running backs in college football in 2019, I would have him 1B to Zach Charbonnet's 1A. Brees Hall is a talented, talented kid. I don't know if he reminds me of Joe Mixon. He looks better than David Montgomery did. He's big. He's fast. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He had 18 for 110 versus Oklahoma, four receptions for 33 yards. And when you watch him play, I'm just, you know, certain players just pop off the screen. Brees Hall is one of those players. He's somebody that I will be aggressively, aggressively targeting in Debbie drafts next year. I've got to have him on my rosters because I think 2022, this kid is going to be a locked and loaded first round dynasty pick. Now let's talk about the wide receivers real quick. Rashad Bateman. All right. We, we, 2020 is awesome. Jared Judy. CeeDee Lamb, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Rager, all these wide receiver prospects, and we're not even getting down to the AGGs of the world, the Michael Pittmans, the Devin DuVernays. It's deep. It's loaded. But 2021, oh my goodness, Rashad Bateman, 7 for 203 and 1. Tyler Johnson had himself a game, too. As the Minnesota Gophers, shout out to my man, Kane Fossil. He's been talking about Minnesota all year, undefeated, top 10 in the AP poll, Man, they look good, and Rashad Bateman looks fan 
fantastic. And when you're talking about 2021 eligible wide receivers, right at the top, Rondell Moore, Justin Ross, but you got Jamar Chase, you got Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, who had himself a game versus Arizona State, eight for 173 and one. Man, 2021 is looking good. And then if you got some cats, like if Tylen Wallace comes back, right? I know he tours ACL, but he's already said he's going to come back. And Sage Sherrod, if he doesn't declare for the draft, and you have Seth Williams. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it could be a little bit nastier than 2020, and that's saying something. And the last guy I want to talk about is my man, the fastest, not-so-fast player in the nation. Somebody tweeted that out. I forgot who it was. But it, it describes C.D. Lamb to a T. He's the fastest, not that fast guy in college football. Because when you when you watch him, when you see him, you don't think he's that fast. And then he gets the ball in his hands, and he's outrunning entire defenses on his way to the end zone. He had eight for 167 and two. Uh, he did have a costly fumble in that game. But he just looks like an alpha receiver, right? And I, and I kind of talked about that, and I'll dive into it when we get to the Alabama-LSU segment, but there are certain players who look like they're going to be good complementary players, right? Good role possession players. They'll, they'll have a place in the offense. And then you've got some that look like they're just going to say, throw me the damn ball. I'm the man, and that is CeeDee Lamb. And he just, he's so smooth. He's so dynamic after the catch. Now, notice I said dynamic. He's explosive as well, but he's just, he finds a way to make defenders miss. And then he just outruns people to the end zone, even though he doesn't look like he's a 4 4, 4 3 type runner. And I, and I joking, I was joking with somebody and said, everybody is going to just be shocked silly when CeeDee Lamb goes out on the combine track and drops a 4 4. Even me, if he does that, I'll be surprised. But those are some of the key performances that I just wanted to talk about. Devi Dynasty related players uh, who had themselves a game on Saturday. But without further ado, let's dive in to Alabama LSU. The captain has turned on the seatbelt light. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelts. Thank you. All right, Alabama LSU. LSU came down to Tuscaloosa and they walked away victorious. 46 to 41 was the final score. I don't know if it was as close as the final score indicates. I mean, LSU got up early on Alabama, scored 23 points in the second. They didn't have any points in the third quarter. And then the fourth, Alabama dropped 21. LSU had 13. But it was just a back-and-forth game. A lot of interesting dynamics on both sides of the ball on both teams, from the head coaches to the quarterbacks to the defenses. But there were so many Devi Dynasty-related prospects in this game. We are just going to break it down from the tip top and start with the quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Tua Tungabailoa. Both of these guys had themselves a game. Both of these guys, to me, look like franchise quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, let's start with Joe Cool, all right? 31 for 39, 393 and 3, and the box scores do not tell just how surgical he was to start this game. I believe he had like 10 straight completions with a touchdown in there to Jamar Chase, but just his command of the offense, his command in the pocket, the fire that he plays with, I, I you know, a lot of people were like, Joe Burrow, QB1, and if that's how you feel, I can't knock you at all for that. He looks good, and a couple of my friends and I were talking about who does he remind you of. Now, I saw some people on Twitter say Tom Brady. 
come on. That's I'm not going to compare DeAndre Swift to Barry Sanders and Walter Payton yet, so let's just slow down with Joe Burrow to Tom Brady. But, you know, is he a better version of Matt Stafford? Is he a better version of Derek Carr? I don't think he's transcendent, but I think he's a very good starting quarterback at the next level. Somebody where if you're in a super flex league, you got to have him. He is a locked and loaded top five pick in super flex formats. I mean, you know, again, that moxie, his fire, his confidence, he, nothing was given to Joe Burrow, and he showed it delivering the ball with, perce- with precision, just surgical accuracy, driving it downfield, checking it down when he needed to. He looked good. Alabama quarterback Tua Tungvaloa started off a little shaky, right? Now, remember, he is 20 days removed from that tightrope ankle surgery. You can tell he was nowhere near 100%. He came out first throw of the game, dropped a dime to Henry Ruggs, was moving around in the pocket a little bit, and then rolls out and just drops the ball, fumbles, and then that it sort of like spiraled out of control for Alabama for a little bit at that point in time. But he finished the game 21 for 40 for 418, four touchdowns, and one INT. Costly INT towards the middle, uh, right before halftime. But Tua was dealing. I mean, Tua did what Tua does, and he did this on a less than 100% lower, lower body. I mean, his ankle was not right, clearly. After the game, when the adrenaline was done, I mean, it looked like he needed to be helped off of the field, and he showed me a lot in this game. Gutting it out, he was hit repeatedly by that LSU defense, and he just kept getting up, he kept delivering the ball, and he kept his team in the game. Listen, I'm not here to tell you Tua won. I'm not here to tell you Burrow won. I'm just letting you know that if you've got one or two in a super flex draft next year, these are your two top two picks. You got to go with them. They are both going to be very, very good pros, in my opinion. I know some people don't, not two is not going to do it or Joe's not going to do it. I think both of them are going to be very, very good pro quarterbacks, and they both showed tremendous leadership, poise, and command of an offense in this game. Outstanding performance by both of these quarterbacks. I've got Tua as my QB1 in the 2020 class, and Joe Burrow as QB2, but flip a coin, I wouldn't be mad with either or. Now let's move on to the running backs and talk about a pair of 22s, all right? Both of these guys wear number 22, and both of them, I mean, outside of the quarterbacks, these were the best players on the field uh, on Saturday night, and I really believe that by week four or five of the college football season, John Emery Jr. would have been in command of this offense. He would have been the running back. He would have been the guy, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would have been on the bench or a complimentary piece. Make me eat crow, because CEH was out there looking like CMC mixed with CJ Anderson. I mean, this little dude, I mean, and, and let me not disrespect him, man. He's a shorter player, but he isn't little. He isn't fat. He isn't any of that. He looked Good. And I want to do this with you right now, okay? So let's just go through a stats. 20 carries, 103 yards, three touchdowns, average 5.2 yards a carry. He also had nine receptions for 77 yards and a TD. So he was just do it all for the LSU offense. Um, and, and let me do this right now. So I'm looking at my 2020 rankings over on DLF. Now, I've got DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Chupa Hubbard, Astros by his name because he is a redshirt sophomore, Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, 
Keyshawn Vaughn, Kylan Hill, and Eno Benjamin. That's my top 10. But I believe that it's time that we just go ahead and move Clyde Edwards Elaire up. Now, let's talk about some of the 2020 guys he would jump. Zach Moss. I'd rather have CEH over Zach Moss. Um, Kennedy Brooks. He's a redshirt sophomore. Could declare. Don't think he will. Give me Clyde Edwards Elaire over Kennedy Brooks. Trey Sermon. Prayers up for Trey Sermon. Looked like he had a nasty knee injury in that game versus Iowa State. Haven't heard anything about it, but I'd take Clyde over Trey Sermon. A.J. Dillon, I've got him at 17. I would take Clyde Edwards Elaire over A.J. Dillon. So right now, you know, over these guys, that would slot him as the 11th ranked player in the 2020 class for the running back position. I'm still an Eno Benjamin fan. I know I've kind of talked about him a little bit, but I'm still an Eno Benjamin fan. Kylan Hill is not bad. Keyshawn Vaughn is not bad either. But I don't want to be prisoner of the moment. So for right now, right now today, I'm going to have him. I, I gotta put him. I've got to put him eighth. He's over Keyshawn Vaughn. He's over Kylan Hill, and he's over Eno Benjamin for me. I'd have Eno Benjamin right after him, followed by Keyshawn Vaughn and Kylan Hill. There it is. Clyde Edwards Elaire, top ten running back. In the 2020 class right now. Just did that live on the DDP. Moved him up. Let's go ahead and do that. There he is. I mean, I, I truly believe his skill set and watching him play, it looked like he was a natural in the passing game. It, I mean, he was running choice routes out of the backfield, shoestring catches. He looks like he's going to be a steal. How high would I take him? Probably late second. I would feel okay with him in a, in a dynasty rookie draft. And if you're in a super flex format, that pushes some of those skill position players down even further. But in your traditional one quarterback league, late second, I think right now is appropriate for CEH. Let's flip to the other side of the ball and talk about the other, another, the other number 22, Najee Harris and Najee Harris. I mean, I've been preaching his name all season long because he has impressed me more than any running back in college football this season, I knew Chuba was going to explode, but I wasn't sure about Najee Harris and all he did versus LSU in that tremendous defense they have over there is rush for 146 yards on 19 carries, averaging 7.7 yards a carry, one touchdown. He also added three receptions, 44 yards, and another Moss-like touchdown. Najee Harris is a blend of size and power and speed and receiving ability at six foot two and a half, 230 pounds. He reminds me of a Derrick Henry plus type runner. He seems he's more agile than Derrick Henry. I don't know who's faster because Derrick Henry is pretty doggone fast to be 250 pounds. They're roughly around, you know, the same size. Najee Harris is much better in the receiving game on the season. I believe he's got over 200 receiving yards uh, this year. I mean, he just looks like a true prototypical three-down rusher in the NFL, and I think he's going to make a fantastic, fantastic pro running back. I've got him seventh right after J.K. Dobbins. He's the top of my tier two running back rankings. Can't put him in tier one, but I love him at the top of tier two. I think Najee Harris is going to make an outstanding pro and somebody that Man, maybe even late one of your dynasty rookie drafts next year, depending on how he does the pre-draft process, at least by the mid-second, Najee Harris needs to be coming off of the board. Now let's talk about the wide receivers, and we'll start on the Alabama side of the ball and talk about Devonta Smith, 7 for 213 and 2. 
I mean, he's just big play Devontae. That's what he is. Every time Tua needs to be bailed out, Devontae Smith is there, and he's been doing it since Tua was a freshman when he won the national championship against Georgia. You know who caught that game-winning touchdown pass? That's right, number six, Devonta Smith, and he is no slouch. I'm tired of people talking about him like he's the fourth fiddle on that passing attack. I mean, right after Jerry Judy, I mean, it's Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, the top two targets on the, on the Crimson Tide team, and he's somebody, I think he's going to be a very solid pro, and I stand by it. He's going to have a Terry McLaurin-type rise throughout the pre-draft process. Once teams start talking to him, once people see him at the combine, once he tests, people are going to be like, man, this kid can play, and he can. He can run every route. He's explosive, and even Jerry Judy said it. He's got the best hands on that team. Devonta Smith is going to be a sleeper, steel pick in your dynasty rookie drafts. Jerry Judy had an up-and-down game, all right? He finished the game with 5 for 71 and one fantastic ball by Tua to hit him on the corner of the end zone on that comeback route. Great grab by Jerry Judy, but he also dropped a bomb that was just right on the money from Tua. You know, he shows that elite deceleration, and we always talk about players that can accelerate and get up to top speed really fast. Jerry Judy can decelerate faster than anybody I've ever seen, and that's an amazing skill set to have. The ability to go from 100 miles an hour to zero while the defensive back is still moving backwards, that's a great skill set, and Jerry Judy does it better than anybody, again, that I've ever seen. And maybe it just, you know, it wasn't his best game. Wasn't his worst game, but it wasn't his best game. You know, Devonta Smith looked like the best wide receiver on Alabama on Saturday. Henry Ruggs, three for 68, no touchdowns. Here's my concern with Ruggs. I think he's going to be a better pro than he is a college player. But if you're not even dominating on your own team, I just have concerns about him being a number one at the next level, which there's nothing wrong with that. All of these guys can't be a number one. I don't think Devonta Smith is a number one, but I think he's got a higher floor than maybe a Henry Ruggs does. He looked good in the receptions that he got. He's, I keep saying he's the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that we've seen. Maybe once he gets going, but he does not have Tyreek Hill level acceleration. Like I'm watching Hill today versus Tennessee. And immediately, once he gets the ball, it's like he's gone. Like he, He's 0-60 to 60 in the blink of an eye. Henry Ruggs has to get going. And once he gets going, you're not catching him. But he does not have that elite acceleration like a Tyreek Hill. So I'm kind of backing off my Henry Ruggs love just a little bit. Still a big fan of Ruggs, but just tempering those expectations just a tad bit. And Jalen Waddell. You know, he is the fourth fiddle in that offense. He's an explosive player, had a fantastic punt return for a touchdown. But from a receiving standpoint, three catches, 22 yards, had a couple of nice little runs here and there. But, you know, next year we'll really be able to see what Jalen Waddell has as the alpha in that Alabama passing attack. Now, moving on to LSU, Jamar Chase, ho-hum, six for 140 and one. Fantastic sort of back shoulder throw from Joe Burrow over Trayvon Diggs. It was an awesome catch by Jamar Chase. He's just a big physical presence. He is a tier one uh, wide receiver in the 2021 class. He's just a, he's just a very, very talented LSU wide receiver. And he's going to be a first-round pick in two years in the 2021 NFL draft. Fantastic size, blend of speed, and he's got that dog in him. I love seeing that out of Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson, 7 for 79 yards. Uh, no touchdowns for Jefferson. Uh, they got him involved early with a couple of jet screen, jet sweeps and 
Uh, they handed him the ball out of the backfield a couple of times on those kind of reverse plays. Solid game by Jefferson, but clearly a little tick behind Jamar Chase. The third leading receiver, again, was Clyde Edwards-Elair, 77 yards in that one TD. Terrace Marshall, another touchdown. I think he's got eight or nine on the season, two for 45. All of these guys are probably going to come back next year. Interested to see what Jefferson does, but Chase and Marshall are definitely coming back. So look forward to seeing their maturation as they grow as a unit. And let's see what Coach O does bring it up with a quarterback play, who they're going to bring in next year. That'll be interesting to see. Now, real quick, for you people who play in IDP leagues, there was some good talent on the defensive side of the ball, and Calevon Chason is a beast. I mean, this kid, defensive end, outside linebacker, I don't know what he is, but he is a phenomenal defensive player that I would love to have, and I don't participate in IDP leagues, but I know those sacks and tackles count for a lot. He's a sack guy, so, you know, Calevon Chason is going to be a top pick in the NFL draft. Grant Delpit, I'm a little down on Grant. Grant has been... Uh, a little bit abused a couple of times this year. Keyshawn Vaughn got him in the Vanderbilt game, Devin DuVernay in the Texas game, and in this game versus Alabama, he was missing tackles left and right. He's always in the right place, but he's he, he just is thin. He's got to get in the weight room. He's got to get stronger. He's missed a lot of tackles. Uh, so Grant Delpit, definitely want to see him improve. Christian Fulton was a beast out there at cornerback, didn't give up any receptions. I mean, another one of those rock-solid corners. And Derek Stingley Jr. didn't have his best game. I mean, he was beat deep for touchdowns twice, but he's still a very, very talented defender, and he's only going to get better, not even eligible for the NFL draft till 2022. Alabama side of the ball, Xavier McKinney had nine tackles. He had two sacks from the safety position. Travion Diggs was was okay. Anthony Jennings coming off of the edge. Those sacks, I know that you guys in IDP League probably already have Jennings rostered. Patrick Sertan, he's got the name, but he just, every time I've seen him play, just has not shown up to me. So I'm a little bit lower on Patrick Sertan. I was a big fan of him coming out of high school, but it just has not lived up to the billing. Overall, my final thoughts from this game, I'm not going to call it the game of the century, okay? I think it was a fan fantastic college football game with a lot of interesting games inside of the game, but game of the century has taken it too far. I, I remember some absolute just nail-biting doozies of college football games in my time, but this was definitely, definitely the best game this year. It was definitely a fun matchup, and for Debbie Dynasty purposes, it's all over the board. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, defenders, and then you've got the great coaches and Nick Saban and who doesn't love Coach O and that raspy Cajun Louisiana voice. Fantastic matchup. I've actually got some stuff coming out on DLF highlighting Clyde Edwards, Elair, and Najee Harris. So if you want to go back and scout this game, this is a fantastic game to really check out Najee Harris, CHE, Tua, Joe Burrow, and the wide receivers. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Destination Debbie Podcast. If you have yet to subscribe to the DDP, please do so. I don't care what subscription service you use. Apple iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, just subscribe to the show. Every time a new DDP episode drops, it's right there waiting for you. And if you are listening on Apple iTunes, if you could leave a rating and review, I would very, very much appreciate it. Hey, I hope you guys have a blessed week. Stay positive, stay focused, go out and get it, follow your dreams. 
Don't let the haters and the noise get in your way. Keep grinding, and until next time, you know what's next. Drop the music.